Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up so that I can see another day. Now, with that being said, Today is Tuesday, and as you guys know, on Tuesday, that is when we do the show, From the Pulpit to the Couch, where you will receive biblical teachings or information from individuals that are either in leadership, play a role in the church, or perhaps I call them my Bible scholars because they are deep in their word and read the word perhaps more than I do, and myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now, today's topic is one of those, again, I always call them my interesting topics because I try to bring things to people's awareness or to the attention of others as it relates to a lot of things that are going on in the world for believers and also for non-believers. Now, today's topic has to do with church leadership. Now, with today's show, it's not to throw people on the bus, talk about individuals, point the fingers at individuals. But I always say when you know better, you do better. Now, today's show is designed to address leadership in today's churches because when it comes to the house of God, many have expressed a concern in the leadership of those that are in leadership positions. Now, I was going through this information, and I saw something, and it indicated, according to Bill Lawrence, and he's the president of Leadership Formation International at Bible.org, and he defined leadership as an act of influencing servicing others out of the Christ out of Christ's interest in their lives so many may accomplish God's purpose for and through them. But what we're finding is today a lot of individuals are kind of straddling the fence because we don't know who to trust, who not to trust, who to believe, who not to believe, and leadership is becoming quite interesting, especially when you're looking at individuals with either different motives, agendas, and personalities. So let's talk about it. i got a caller on the line now, so let me log this person on. Good morning. This is Jeanette Abney. Welcome to Purchase Predicament. How are you doing? Good morning. Thank you for calling in. Good. How are you doing today? You know, I'm going to tell you, you know we go on the air at 1130. You need to stop doing this to yourself. <laughs> well, I can't I help it when I have an appointment. Okay, because I'm looking I at it like can't. I said, no, she did just send me that. <laughs> so how's your how's your morning going, Lady T? Oh, busy, busy, busy. I'm still rolling. Oh, you know what? Sometimes, I'm, like they say, I, I like the movie, The Great Debaters, when um, Denzel Washington uh-huh. played that role. He said, I do what I have to do so I can later do what I want to do. And, you know, and that brings us uh-huh. to with leadership, and which is a good, interesting topic because when we talk about leaders, sometimes we wonder, are leaders born or are leaders made? And I want to I want to say this. I was talking to because you know we had a conversation yesterday, and I said, "Let me call mother before I get in trouble." And you uh-huh. told me I was already in trouble, <laughs> which I was. So I called mother, and we had an interesting talk. And one of the things we talked about yesterday too was how a lot of our kids are getting kicked out of school, suspended from school, and it's like, okay, are these our leaders of tomorrow? You know, is that a way? And I was talking to my daughter this morning about that, and I was like, she was like, is that a way of maybe making them think that they're bad, they're dumb, they're, you know. So a lot of times we talk about leadership. I'm going to ask you, Lady T, what do you think makes a good leader, first of all? What makes a good leader? Hello? Yes. 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 I, my question was, what makes a good leader? Um, what makes a good leader? Well, what makes a good leader is um, a good follower. If you followed well, you're going to lead well. Uh-huh. You know what? I always say that even with the position that I have as a therapist, you know, with what I do. Right. I run around sometimes like a chick with yeah. my head cut off. But even when I was a basketball coach, I the, used um, to tell my kids, I love having good a regular um, ways. 
Okay, I love having yeah. individuals that were my good assistant coaches because I would follow their lead because it takes – you can't do this all by yourself. You you really can't. And, you know, like what you just said, in order to be a good leader, I always say you have to know when and how to follow because a lot of individuals don't know how to do that. And in some cases they abuse their role of leadership because they want to be the leader. Remember in school they used to have a game, Follow the Leader? Tammy, I know you're ordering some donuts because I heard you. So, but remember the game, Follow the Leader? Okay, Tammy kind of zone out while she's ordering her donuts. So I want to say we used to have that game. And a lot of times I used to, as I got older, I was wondering, is that a way that we would try to, teach individuals to learn about leadership, to find out who was in the lead, who was first, who's the head of, because you've got to have someone and someone, in, and, you know, and back then we didn't think about character. We didn't think about morals. We didn't think about any of that particular, um, of that kind of stuff. But I'm looking at some information, and as we start talking about even leadership in the church, because we're going to get to this in our conversation in regards to what does the Bible say about leadership and church leadership. But I have some information, and it talks about what is Christian leadership and eight principles. And this is coming from and is Campbell Bill University, and they talk about in an article, and they describe that it says, I heard a well-known pastor describe the church as the most leadership-intense organization in the world. Meaning, if we we so busy focusing, and I know, and I want to tell individuals because we got an election coming up, and some individuals feel, I don't want to vote, I don't want to, and that's how we look at our leaders in regards to our, sometimes our politicians, our local leaders. But in this article, they talk about pastors describe the church as the most leadership-intense organization in the world. Because a lot of times we're trying to follow and live Christ's life, but we need to have someone to follow. But church leaders do not have the authority of the military leaders or the financial incentives of the corporate world. They only have leadership skills on which to rely. Now, those leadership skills will define whether a church leader or Christian leaders because they have the same values and focus, are successful. But where do we find leadership principles and the fact that those that we feel that should be in leadership or should be in control of God's people? Tammy, can you speak on that? Because I know you're busy, but can you answer that question? You said where can we find them? Where do how do we find or how do we determine those principles to define if that person should be in leadership? Because sometimes individuals just say, you know what, I want to start a well, church. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's all about them. And it's not about God. Right, right, right. Well, first of all, you you want to um, know where they they came from. Know a little bit about their background and know you know if they came from you know. Their background is good, you know, if they had some training, you know, in the, that field to be a leader, to be a pastor, to be an elder, if they study their word, you know, if they know their word and they're, are they living it, you know, there's a, quite a few things. Their character, I mean, what does their character say about, about them? Are they who they say they are? Are they who you see on Sunday? Are they that person every day of the week? Every time you talk or see them, are they the same? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they portraying the same characteristics that they do on Sunday? Um, on Sunday, because sometimes you can be a whole different person all week, and on Sunday you can be somebody else or pretend to be somebody else for the people in order to lead them. So um, mm-hmm. that's what you want. To, that's what you want to look for. You want to pay attention, and then you want to pay attention to really what they're saying. So what? Um, if, if what they're saying don't line up with the word of God, then you ought to question, you know, and be like, wait a minute, you know, this this don't sound right, this ain't right. So you can, you'll know and you'll be able to determine whether, mm-hmm. you know, they just started a church, you know, just because, 
you know, they're in it for the money or whatever. They started it because God really called them, and they love, you know, they love the Lord, they love the Word of God, and they love teaching and leading God's people. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me, and leading God's people is a big responsibility. It's really a big responsibility. And when I was putting this together, you know, we had talked about this, and I talked about, you know, sometimes individuals may have different motives, different agendas, and also different personalities. And the first thing they'll say, and I've heard many men say, because you know I've always been scared of preachers. I see a preacher, I'll be ready to run. I'm not, I ain't playing with no preacher, because my mama got pregnant by one, and um, I know how sometimes they can be really um, smooth and charming, and I'm like, mm-mm, you know. But then I've heard people say, well, you know what, I'm still a man. I'm Feel a man, and we're talking about a man of God versus just being in leadership, and not always a man because we also have women now that are also in church leadership. And it's like, what is the right, role, right. and what is the position that you're playing? Now, we start talking about what is Christian leadership, and it goes back to when I was speaking of the gentleman earlier, and it says leadership is an act of influencing and serving others out of. Christ's interest in their lives so they accomplish God's purpose for and through them, meaning not the pastor's purpose. Because a lot of times, Tammy, and we spoke on this, is that some people go to church not to please God but to please the pastor. They're trying to either get into going to leadership themselves for whatever the reason may be. Like I said, people have hidden agendas, different motives. Sometimes they do it for the money. Sometimes people actually do it because they do want to say so. And sometimes people can lose their way. But talking about Christian leadership is not rooted in worldly notions of success, such as the love of money or power. And Jesus himself spoke against this when expressing the importance of serving others. It's not supposed to be about you. Now, I'm looking at something, and it talks about, it says, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so amongst you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let them be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let them be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to serve to give his life a ransom for many. And that's in Matthew twenty twenty-five to 28. Tammy, when we start talking about this with leadership and talking about slaves and servants, leaders are not to oppress and overpower others with their authority. Now, we see that a lot in the abuse because sometimes, like I said, we put people on a pedestal. I'm going to use myself or just speak in regards to even me being the owner of two different corporations. And when I meet with my clients, it's funny because I tell my clients, where can you go that you really get to meet the owner? Most of the time, people don't even know who the owner is. You know, sometimes people come in and they think I just work here. Or they'll say, well, can I speak to your manager? I'll be like, I am the manager. Well, can I speak to you? And it's funny because I don't abuse my authority. I don't I don't right. take it for granted. And I know with me growing up, I've always had leadership abilities even when I was a kid. But leaders get tired too. And sometimes leaders have to follow and we have to know when to ask for help. Now, I have some things, some information, Tammy, and I want to speak on, and I want you to help me with this. Now, in regards to the information that I'm looking at, and I'm getting it from my mind, it talks about Christian leadership principles, because you talked about morals, you talked about characters, and, you know, we're not supposed to judge a person, because God can save a person's life. He can change and turn them around. So I'm not one that's really big on you know, talking about a person's past, but it does help give me some insight so I know, but I'm not going to say that they are who they used to be. But if you still start seeing the same stuff, meaning if you went in as for as a thief and you robbing your church, it's like, okay, that's in you. I remember one time I was interviewing a, a person for a position. My grandbaby told me, and I think she was probably four or five years old, she said, Granny, don't hire that person. I said, why? She said, he going to rob you. And I was like, what? She said, Granny, he going to rob you. 
And I remember talking, and then back then we had to do background checks on our employees. Girl, why would right, I look at right. that man's rap sheet? That man had did some stuff like that. My grandbaby was about four or five years old and told me that. She saw it. You know, so you just have to be mindful of that. Now, and I'm going to say he never did rob me, not of money, so I wouldn't worry about that because I don't have none. But, um, but she saw it. Yeah, when we talk about Christian leadership principles, one of them is love, Tammy. In order to be yes, a good is. leader, you've got to have love and God's love. And in 1 John 4-8, through and the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And even in Romans 5-5, expressing the power and influence of the love of God is difficult to overemphasize. And it goes on and on about that. But love is central to Christianity and every Christian, and even in all other religions. So we're not going to just say with Christians, but whether whatever your denomination is, in order to be a good leader, even in the workplace, you got to have love. What do you have to say in regards to that, Tammy? Yeah, well, love is very, very, very important because if you're trying to be over somebody, and you, you know, you're not easy to get along with or you're not, uh, no one can talk to you. You know what I mean. Like no one can mm-hmm. talk to you always your, your way or no way. Then that's not a good leadership skill because you have to be able to accept constructive, constructive criticism as well as you give it. Mm-hmm. And people have to be feel comfortable to come to you. So if you're showing them love, they will feel comfortable. But if you're beating them up over the pulpit and talking about them and talking about what they're going through and stuff without calling names, that's not that's not okay. And then telling them pretty much saying you need to show up to service, y'all ain't showing. If you don't show up to this or that, you ain't preaching, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't, that's, that's abusing your authority. Mm-hmm. And you're making people, you're making the people show up when they really don't want to. Correct. So Correct. nobody Correct. wants to be in church seven days a week because that's not what the Bible says. That's not what God requires. He said, forsake not the assembly of yourselves. So if you go on Sunday, okay, you don't assemble with the people, that's enough. You don't have to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because showing up at a building is what what is not going to get you in the head. Correct. You know, it's interesting you said that, Tammy, because I was having a conversation with somebody, and they was telling me about a person, and I don't know if this person was abusing their leadership ability or what, but I guess the congregation just got tired of this person. They put a restraining order out against their pastor and restrained him from his own church. <laughs> I said, people are not wow. playing no more. You know, no, I've seen no. on YouTube where older individuals, the girl hit a man, hit a pastor with the Bible, tried to hit him upside the head with the Bible. You know, so individuals are like they're not standing wow. for it anymore. And going back to what we talked about slavery, see, back then that was what they did because they were taught to be obedient and subservient. And now individuals are like, you know what? I don't like your leadership. You know, you need a timeout. They're sitting people down, and they're holding even leaders accountable. I tell individuals, even with what I do, I can't just do what I want to do because I have individuals that I have to answer to. You know, i got the IRS, the state, the county, the probation department. i got all these people. I just can't be saying it's my way or the highway, you know, even with licensing. So the next one is not only do you have to have a love for people and also a love for yourself. You cannot be in leadership with a negative attitude or a hurtful, foul spirit because you're not helping, you're hurting, and you're wounding your sheep. Another one is modesty. Now, we've all encountered what they call the know-it-all leaders, you know, submit or else leaders. It's kind of like what you were talking about. We go be here all day long or, you know, being arrogant. But being arrogant doesn't help model or demonstrate Christ's interest. Remember, we're supposed to be, when we talk about church leadership, it's supposed to be church-like. Now, rather than direct conflict with Christian leadership, they say in regards to pride. Pride goes before destruction. 
Now, and yes. before the fall, but the thing is we have to be of a humble spirit. And that's also spoken in or spoken in Proverbs 16, 18 through 19. Tammy, what do you think about that with modesty? Yeah. Well, I want to um, say something about something you just said about, you know, even you have to answer to, answer to somebody. Now, if you're going into a church and the leader is not up under anybody and they're just standing alone, that's a red flag in itself because that means they don't want to submit to nobody else. But you should always have someone over you mentoring you. You should have always have someone you can go to, you know, mm-hmm. that can get you back in line. That's a that's a huge thing. But people that are just out there like, no, it's just me, myself, and I, and I don't have to answer to nobody. Can't nobody tell me nothing. That's not a, that's not a good attitude to have. And if I were you, I would run. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't you know even what? attempt and, to be under that person. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And the thing is, and I know this, like with some pastors, pastors have pastor friends. Even as a therapist, I connect with other therapists. I connect with a lot of people. And I remember uh-huh. Lisa used to tell me all the time, Jeanette, you're a hot mess. Jeanette, you need to slow down. Jeanette, they call me on my stuff. So I can't just uh-huh. go around here and just do whatever I want to do. <laughs> and then people start putting Absolutely. your business out there on the Internet. They start writing reviews uh-huh. and everything else. Another one right. is self-development, meaning Jesus modeled self-development. Now, when we talk about self-development, one of the most striking examples of this is when Jesus prayed in the garden, and just before his arrest, Jesus knew all the things would come upon him. You know, the thing is sometimes, I mean, people get weary. Individuals get stressed out. I tell individuals now, I don't worry about nothing. I'm not going to let nothing drive me crazy. I'm not going to sit here with right. all of this stuff. But we know when you're in leadership, you got to be ready. you got to stand That's bold right. and strong and stand on your word. You can't sit up here and be telling people right. one thing and then you do something else. And you, Well, I don't know. They're going to shut the doors on us. All right. Where is your faith? You know, right. so in regards to self-development. What do you want to say in regards to that? Right. That, I mean, self-development, well, okay, well, work on yourself. Make sure mm-hmm. that you're in the right place. Make sure that your mind is right. Make sure that your heart is right. Make sure that you're going into this with the right mind that, you know, God spoke to you and said, you know, I want you to do this. Don't just do something because somebody told you to do it or asked you to do it. You have to want to do it and have to be ordained by God. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of us, we step out and do stuff because we let people pump our heads up and we get up, we get out there and we fail, you know, mm-hmm. and then we embarrass, we embarrass, but and some of us get embarrassed and we'll stop, but then we fail, but we'll just stay in the failure and just keep, you know, making things worse and worse and worse. And we're, we don't realize that we're not only hurting ourselves, but we're hurting the people that we're over mm-hmm. and that we're leading because we, you know, we have too much pride to say, I messed up, I shouldn't be here, and to hand it over to someone who can lead and who, who was called to lead. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like Lord said, many are called, but very few are chosen. Our so chosen. you might have been called, but you wasn't chosen to do, you know, the job. You weren't chosen to be a leader. Maybe you were called to lead, but maybe you wasn't chosen to be the leader, mm-hmm. the leader. So there's many things you can lead, but you're not the leader. Correct. It goes back to, like I said earlier, I knew even as a kid I always had leadership ability. But I know even with myself in business, girl, I suck at business. I don't like doing business. I really don't. And um, But the thing is, if it wasn't for God, if I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, girl, my doors would have been closed a long time ago. Because sometimes I'd be right. like, okay, Lord, now what you want me to do? Because uh, people are coming, people are calling, I'm getting all of this stuff, I'm doing your work, I'm doing my best, I'm trying to delegate stuff to other people, because I know I can't do this all by myself. Which leads to the fourth one, which is motivation. Instead of misleading or exploiting people, good leaders motivate others. You know, a lot of times with leaders, they get so scared of being on the top, they think somebody's going to knock them down, they start knocking other people down. 
And good leaders right. don't have to do that. You don't have to exploit others. You don't have to bring others down or talk about people. You know, they motivate. They encourage. And even in Nehemiah, and it talks about Nehemiah 2.17, Nehemiah fearlessly motivated the people to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now, Tammy, what are some of the things in regards to motivation? We, a lot of times we go to church leaders and we want them to motivate us, to encourage us, to empower us, but sometimes we know that they need to be empowered and motivated themselves, and sometimes you see that when they're in the pulpit, but also outside of the pulpit. What's your comments, suggestions in regards to motivation? Well, I was going to say, our own pastor to say, when he was, um, when he would preach a word, sometimes God would give a word, you know, that would chastise the people. He said, but you know, mm-hmm. after you preach that word that God gave you, he said, go back and um, build them back up. You know, mm-hmm. then turn around after you beat them down, go back and build them back up. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, so that's like motivating them, encouraging them, letting them know it's okay. You know, because mm-hmm. God is gonna do that. God is gonna. Let us know. I'm in control. He's going to beat us down, but then he'll turn around and bless us at the same time. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so um, that that, that's, um, yeah, that's a great motivator. So, yeah, you, you want to motivate. And then especially someone you know that has a right spirit, that has a good heart, and you know they'll be good to um, be over the women's department or the men's department. You know they'll be a good usher because they're going to greet the people in love. But, they, they're not motivated enough. They're afraid because someone has told them, no, you won't be good at that. So you want to be able to motivate them, and that's why that's why you have to be a good leader too. Like you said, a good leader has to have love. They have to have been a good follower before. They have to have the right background, the, you know, mm-hmm. the right, you know, standing, because then if you're motivating the person, then the person, they're going to be more susceptible to, okay, I, I can do it. I can do it because, you know, I see them and, and you know, they get up and they, they speak or, you know, they speak with holy boldness and they walk upright and, you know, they're living the worst. So I can, you know, they can motivate me. They're building me up so I can do it. I can do it. But if you're not doing all that and you're not a good leader and they're watching you do all kinds of things, they're not going to listen to you. Your motivation won't mean anything. Correct. And you know what, Tammy, and it goes back to we look at the church as being a hospital full of sick and wounded people. And sometimes individuals are going in with their own problems. And when they're going in, and I mean, you know, they're taking individuals off the street. You know, you're talking about doing street witnessing and ministry and going door to door and talking to people and trying to encourage them and save saving souls and turn their lives over to a higher power. But by that same token, when you're taking these people, they've already been beat up by the world. So you don't want to beat them up even right. more. So you do want to motivate them and encourage them. And that's where you think, I was just on the phone the other day with my cousin, and she was talking about how she used to be an usher in the church, and she remembered being in the church with my grandmother and my grandmother's sister both got their wings at the church. Now, when she's talking about them at the church, I'm thinking about them at a club, thinking about them beating up somebody, shooting at somebody, doing all. And I'm like, they both got their wings at the same time, you know. And she was a and just listening and laughing and talking with her where my grandmother was making us all go to that same church, you know. So she was motivating us, taking people out of the gutters and the highways and the byways and showing them that there is a better way of doing things and living your life. You have to know how to motivate people. And, see, sometimes we talk right. about that charm, that charisma, you know, they got a, a, the, the way they speak or people speaking in leadership, but you have to be able to build people up to motivate them for the right reasons and not to manipulate or exploit them, you know, because, like you said, all people can be called to a higher purpose, but we have to motivate them, and you've got to know what you're working with. The next one it talks about is correction. When we talk about correction, when we talk about leadership, it's correcting others in the right way because that is also important for all Christians and believers and non-believers. Now, we have another caller on the line. Let me log this person in so we can make sure that they get a chance to say what they got to say. Hi, this is Jeanette. What are y'all talking about? (laughs) We're talking about church leadership. 
and we're talking about how we can basically what is church leadership about, and we're on the form of correction. Meaning, I'm about to, to start smacking to... and eating again. Who you got on the show, Miss <laughs> Tammy? Oh, Sam- hi, Tammy. Hello, Tammy. That's you? Tony. That's Tony <laughs> being funny. So, Mister Tony, <laughs> correction. How can a leader, when we talk about leadership, correct individuals in a way that still shows their leadership ability? Oh, that's a good question there. Uh, a, if we're talking on the scripture, use the Bible as a guide to correct anyone. That's what it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, for reproving or correcting or for setting things straight. And uh, Paul also said that we need to uh, shepherd the congregation in care, not in a harsh manner, going off on somebody and making them feel like anyone who have done bad or done something wrong. And I remember they've done this against Christ, and we need to handle this matter with care and make sure that we don't drive them out of the congregation or making them seem like whatever they've done is so bad that they cannot be forgiven for it. So mm-hmm. it's a heartfelt expression toward anyone in the Christian congregation that we shepherd the congregation with care and that our leadership reflects Christ-like attitude. That is uh, what we want to do. However, that can be that can be a little tough sometimes. You know, it's easy to talk the talk, but walking the walk is a, is a difficult thing. You know, some have done mm-hmm. some real bad things in the Christian congregation, and it, it can make you get to a point where you've upset that the person has done that. I remember when the Apostle Paul, when the Bible speaks about him having a burst of anger, he had a burst of anger toward one of the other apostles. I believe it was uh, Peter. It could have been Matthew. But uh, he was upset that he was not preaching as much as Paul was, and the Bible said Paul got angry, and it was a sharp burst of anger. And I know mm. Paul probably regretted he regretted that, but uh, typically what we do is we have to just shepherd the congregation, lead the congregation with kindness and care, and always keep in mind that those who are leading can also fall. Yep. The Bible said, mm-hmm. be, careful, be careful that he who is standing, be where he is standing that he does not fall. And I've seen men who was once shepherds of the congregation have fall, fallen themselves. So yeah, we have to take those things into, into, into mind. And you know what, Tony, and that's where we're running into a lot of uh, problems because we're looking at church leadership and individuals are looking at individuals. And one of the things is many people are putting people on a pedestal. And once they get on that pedestal, depending on how they were or their, you know, own inner insecurities, because, yeah, pastors are people too. But by that same token, you don't want to abuse your authority in leadership. Right. Now, That's right. we spoke on different things. And another one when we talk about church leadership is integrity. Good leaders practice value and integrity. Now, Tammy spoke on that a little bit in regards to talking about, you know, the person, but people don't follow leaders who lack integrity, or they shouldn't. But see, sometimes people can go in leadership and have hidden agendas or hidden motives. And I was talking to one of my little play brothers today, and he was telling me about a scripture, I believe he said it was in um, Psalms 38, 39, how some leaders, people are getting in trouble because of that, they're abusing their leadership ability, are they going in there with the wrong motive and with no integrity and going in there? But see, and we got to be mindful of that. And we did a show before about being aware of wolves in sheep's clothing, which was a very interesting show too. And like I said, this is not to break people down or, or bring people down. It's just to let you know if you are in that type or you play that type of role, don't abuse it. Don't lead people astray. Don't break them down because it makes it bad for other people. It's like when I put and I put the thing together and I said, let's save souls and end church hurt because church hurt is also big, Cammy. But what do you want to say in regards to either you or Tony in regards to integrity? What's your take on that with integrity of in leadership? Right. Right. Um, there are those um, – who've decided to start churches because the money is real good. And uh, 
Uh, it's sad to say, but it's true. That money come rolling in, and that money can corrupt. You know that mm-hmm. uh, people, when they love God, they love God and they love Jesus, they will give. And they're giving because they want the church to use the money toward a good cause, maybe helping the homeless, helping the poor, get out there and do something good with the money that they're pouring in. But suddenly, mm-hmm. in these last days, we found that there's been a lot of these pastors jumping up, starting churches, because the money is real good. And so the leadership is not about your spirituality. It's about how much money they're going to get, put on them fancy suits, get a fancy car. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about it myself. I said, man, that money is real good. I can start my own if I wanted to. I mean, I have the love to try to teach, but that money is real good. And that's what happened with uh, Jewish religious leaders during Jesus' time. He said they had become money lovers. They had twisted the word of God so that people, uh, they were changing the word of God for money. And so when Moses had uh, made a certificate for divorce, and they was taking it and said, you can get a divorce for anything. And Jesus said, no, that's that's not, not the way God meant for it to be. But as long mm-hmm. as they came in and said, well, my wife, she don't, she's not doing this anymore. She's not clean anymore. And then the Jewish religious leaders, okay, here's a divorce. And then they had their hand out to give them money. So we have to be careful with leadership as far as letting, letting that, twisting the word of God for that money and, and, and mm-hmm. not being firm with the word of God. If we got a person in there who committing fornication, tell them you, what you're doing is against the word of God. Stop making these, taking these excuses. Well, I did it because he wasn't doing this, and I cheated because she wasn't doing that. We still have to stick on the word of God and stop making mm-hmm. excuses because we realize that we become firm with the word of God the way it's meant to be. We, people say, oh, well, he'll leave, and this is, a, this is a real good donator, a real good person who donates to the church, and I don't want him to leave because his money is good. But if that uh-huh. person is doing what is wrong, we have to we have to talk with them and hopefully d- direct them toward another direction as far as doing what is right. So leadership is very important. You'll be surprised how you can find yourself going down a certain road on leadership because money is involved. So we yeah. have to be careful not to snare, become uh, wrapped up in the snares of money to change the word of God so it can make someone feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, another one that is a big issue when we talk about leadership is not self-promoting. Now, that one is huge, too. It talks about, in fact, that Jesus placed himself under the care of John the Baptist to allow himself to be baptized also showed that Jesus was going to teach his followers submission does not mean weakness. So a lot of times we are individuals in leadership, we got to make sure we're not you know, boasting and bragging and, you know, our ego gets in the way. So we got to be mindful of that, too, in regards to not being self-promoting. And I'm not seeing that people shouldn't be compensated sometimes for the work that they do because a lot of pastors do a lot of work, a lot. I mean, being in, going to the hospitals, going to the funerals, doing the wedding, doing all of this stuff. But when we're talking about not self-promoting, either one of you want to speak on that in regards to leadership. Well, go ahead, Tammy. Let me hear you out. Tammy. No, Tammy, the girl done left out on me. <laughs> no, she didn't leave. something else, you know. Tammy, where you go? <laughs> mm. well, I don't know right. where Tammy went. Yeah, you're right about that. We can't let it be about us. And, yes, they do. They do a lot of work. Um, people come, people in church is struggling. There's a lot of people in church who are struggling with wrongdoing. you got to remember mm-hmm. some people come out of the world and they were fornicators, they were adulterers, and then uh, the, the demon want to come back into these people and, and have them doing the things they used to do. And so the pastor mm-hmm. is constantly uh, having therapy with these persons and using the Bible to, to construct them to continue to do what is right. At the same mm-hmm. time, he has to guard himself to make sure he's not snarled into the to the things he's hearing. And so mm-hmm. he's a lot on his shoulders. Then someone passes away, like you said, funerals. He's he's, contra- he's conducting that. Then he may be 
leading. He's got to make sure that the congregation is led into spiritual things, services. He's the one conducting to make sure they are properly fed. Man, he got so much on his shoulders, he or she, or whoever they are. And uh, mm-hmm. they have to constantly lead on the word of God to strengthen them and build them up. And so hopefully that they don't succumb to the very things that the members are coming to them with. That's true. That is so true. And a lot of times when we're talking about just the characteristics of also being not only in leadership but a godly leader, and it can be a challenge. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't wish that on nobody. That's just too much. That is just too much. And sometimes you need a timeout. And it goes into one of the things that you were talking about is we're talking about church leadership is being obedient to the Holy Spirit because the temptation is out there. We got people out there. We got the foul spirits out there. And sometimes individuals can go into an organization with strife and malice to break down the leadership. So they have to be careful with that because I was um, connecting with um, Pastor, my old pastor, Pastor Estelle, and he was seeing how pastors, some pastors are under attack. And you got to know, and your congregation got to be there for you, but if the leadership is bad, it's like a domino effect. It's spilling into the congregation. It's spilling into our communities. And we have to do better when it comes to stuff like that. So, but then my question, Tony, is you're talking about even with pastors and with leadership, and sometimes, you know, pastors don't know, I wouldn't say nowhere to go because they're going to go to God. But you want to build a team of strong people, of honest people. And that's what just not only just with leadership, because of course you're going to have someone on top that's responsible, and they're going to be also with leadership is being accountable towards others. But you want to make sure that your team is is strong and is solid too because leadership is not just one person. So, you know, even though we're talking a lot about pastors, well, we got the deacons, we got the deaconette, we got all of that we're talking about leadership roles. We even have individuals in music ministry, but just the whole leadership, it has to be all under one accord. And, again, we have to be held accountable, have to be held accountable. Any comments? I don't know where Tony right. went. I know she's there, and I do hear you eating, Tony. I'm at the I'm at the try your cabbage burrito because I just don't understand. Oh my God! You know what I'm you know what I'm having? I'm having a jamba <laughs> juice banana breakfast bowl <clears throat> made of fruit and all other kind of stuff. No meat or anything. But anyway, yes. I was I didn't even I tried to put the phone away because I was munching. I'm trying to keep it from going milky on me, but it's all good. <laughs> but right back to what you're saying, you know strong team um, of leadership. When we think about Jesus choosing the apostles, he he chose a team of men to work Mm -hmm. together to feed the congregation. When he leaves, they will be the ones that that he'll be using to feed the congregation. And Mm -hmm. they had a hope, and that was being anointed and going to heaven. And that hope was more important to them than anything, so they kept a straight line and doing what was right. And uh, mm-hmm. that's what you have to have because there are people in the congregation, although they are looking to Christ, they also look to those who take the lead and because those who take the lead are an example for doing what is right. So if you mm-hmm. have someone in front of you who is constantly doing what is right, staying on the word of God, you more in pro- you more in tune to, to uh, follow what that person is doing. So you have everyone following one another to do what is right. Christ being the model for doing what is right. So it's a it's a team effort and uh it's it's a job because we have to understand we have wicked spirit forces in heavenly faces and heavenly places who are trying to undermine us. Mm-hmm. And uh that's so important. That's what their whole purpose is to undermine us because they know they are doomed and they're Correct. trying to get us to be doomed just as much as they are. And so they're constantly attacking and attacking the arrangement, trying to get pastors and elders and things to fall because that's detrimental to the congregation when you get someone mm-hmm. on top. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to take out the top leadership. He always wanted to do that. When they fall, it's like a domino effect. But Correct. the leadership has a lot on, the, a lot on their table, 
uh, just spiritually feeding somebody. Remember, Jesus told them, Peter, feed my sheep, which the Mm -hmm. point is being made. Look, when I leave, you're going to be in charge of feeding the sheep, and the sheep must be fed on a daily basis. Just for a leader Mm -hmm. to dwell on God's word and feed the congregation year after year, day after day, month after month, year after year, that's that's a responsibility. It is. A it serious is. responsibility. It is. It is. You know, and, and it's, so it's he funny. has to and stay like, here. She has to stay on their game. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And you know, and it's crazy, Tony, because like I said, I can't. I mean, I've never been in church leadership. I've never wanted that responsibility or that role. And like I was telling Tammy earlier, I didn't even ask for a business leadership, but. If it wasn't for God, I know God is what keeps these doors open because it's not about me. And it's like when you looked at me the other day, like, you work seven days a week. <laughs> I'm like, I know everybody's getting on me about this. But then when I try to find help and I try to get, it's like one person come, one person leave, one person come, one person. And I'm just like, come on now, somebody got to take over this. Please let me just find somebody to pass this torch to. You know, I was telling Tisha, I was like, I've been doing this for like 15 years. If I would have stayed with the county, I would be at 20 years about to get another retirement check. I'm like, Lord, please. I mean, look, I've been trying to build leaders. I'm trying to get people to help and do this stuff. But a lot of individuals, Tony, are afraid and intimidated by leadership too. Some individuals have their own self-doubt and don't think that they can do it. And as you try to motivate and build individuals, they got one foot in, one foot out. So it also takes commitment. And when you're talking about leadership, you got to be committed. Can you speak on that a little bit in regards to the commitment? Oh, oh, without a doubt, you have to be committed. Without a doubt, without that, I, I don't know how you're going to even stand if you're not committed. It's a determination. Uh, but what happens is it's the spirit of God, person wants it. God will give them the spirit to maintain and sustain them. Mm -hmm. And they will be determined by the spirit of God to continue to endure no matter what. Paul Mm -hmm. touched on that. He said, Mm -hmm. the right that I wish to do, I do not do, but the wrong I wish to do. In other words, he didn't do anything wrong. He was saying he was having a fight with doing what is right. And he Mm -hmm. had to be, you know, constantly be determined to do what is right because the wicked spirit forces that was against him to trying to prevent him from carrying out God's work. Mm-hmm. So uh, determination is more important. Matter of fact, even a leader has to shake himself off of all these things that will slow him down mm-hmm. from uh, presenting the word of God. Any shackles, no wonder they had the term shackles on your feet. Any, yeah, any burden, so. yeah, any burden that might that cause him to wave and wonder and lean to one side, he needs to get rid of all that stuff because when the word of God, you have to have the least amount of burden. And 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 and, and I always tell people this: I said, if you went inside a workout place, and well, you just went and bought all these sandbags and wrapped your feet put a whole bunch of sandbags around your feet and your arms and try to jump, you ain't going to get high off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so if you take them all off, you can jump. And so that's the weighted down that a person and the leader of the, and in the service of God has to make sure he doesn't weigh him or herself down with all these materialistic things and burden themselves down, and they cannot, ain't no way in the world they can guide anybody on the word of God because they'll be too burdened down. Mm-hmm. And so that's what mm-hmm. Jesus was talking about, not to know uh, uh, that they're not to worry about tomorrow because the Father mm-hmm. will provide for them. And even if it's a small means, they need to be content with what he provides. That's true. Okay, I think Tammy's back. Tammy, I guess you're back because you know we've been texting back and forth. Yeah. What else do you want to add to this topic since you left us? You don't say, yeah, whatever, Tammy. We've been looking for you. <laughs> I, I need to eat something. <laughs> I had some business Tony to see and he thought you was going to take over, and you go. <laughs> so, Jimmy, okay, being a pastor's wife, having a husband in leadership, and somebody else is calling in, so let me get ready to log them on, but I'm going to ask you this question, Tammy. 
how can you support a man in leadership? Wow. You just, um, you know what? You have to pray. You have to be diligent. You have to have integrity yourself. And there's times when you want to say something, but you just got to keep your mouth closed. You just have to have the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes you want to speak out and speak up, but you know what? God, the Holy Spirit will tell you, don't you say nothing. Mm, So you just, yeah. Okay. Well, we just had someone join us on the air, number ended in 68. What do you want to add to this topic? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. What do you want to add to the topic? Hello. We talk about church leadership. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that uh I think it's important that uh that that um that we remind each other of what's important to us, you know, because we're already we're already perfect. If you don't see yourself as perfect and you see yourself as broken and this and that, mm-hmm. you can't you can't really grow from that aspect. You have to grow from a perfect aspect and so when you when you're already perfect and you make a mistake because you're learning to to train yourself to to develop some good habits because we all develop some bad habits and we need to mm-hmm. retrain ourselves to develop some good habits so i think it's just a matter of reminding each other of what's important and and love is the most important thing now i have a question for you because you said perfect and we know that nobody and no man is perfect now, we can start off with having good intentions, but if we go in with the perfect, there's no room for growth, and we have to grow in Christ because many of us are babes in Christ. We're struggling, but well, we have good intentions. So what do you mean by perfect? Well, when, we God, see, when, when, God, when, when God makes himself real to you, he doesn't just make himself real to 80% of you and the other part of you, you're, you, don't need, you don't need God to do anything. No. Correct. He makes you perfect in his sight because Christ is the one that lives inside of you. He, that's why when he sees you, he sees his precious son, which is the sacrifice that he made. And so you. All right, let me ask you a question. Who is this calling in here? What's your name? Craig. All right, you sound like somebody else they called here before. All right, Craig, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead, sir. Uh, so, so, uh, so. When, when God sees you, he sees you already perfect. He already took into account that you were going to make mistakes when he made himself real to you. Okay, the Shekinah glory of God. That's what that's what that's what God God's presence is in your life, his glory. So it's a glorious time to be alive in him. It's just that when we lived in the world in the flesh without the spirit under the sun, you know, we were doing this and that. That was spiritual darkness. But now that you've been born of the spirit, now you can see yourself clearly. And if you can't see yourself clearly, then you're not going to be able to see other people clearly is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we don't have people thinking that they're perfect because we know that we're not perfect. And well, also with part about of leadership. Yeah, no. We're, yeah, we're because not, it clearly not, says, it clearly says, he that is standing beware, he does not fall. So this person can be standing in perfection. He could be anointed, and yet he still can fall. Mm-hmm. Paul is clear so, on that. God but is see, the only person. You got to remember something. The Word of God huh? is alive, okay? The Word of God is the living Word of God. It used to be just the Bible, you know. I could go into any bookstore and look at any book in there, and the Bible happened to be one of them. It was just like any other book with words typed on it. So there's the written Word, and then there's the living Word. And so it's a spiritual thing. So you, I can't, you can't take the word of God and force it on somebody else. That'd be you doing that. God never forces himself on nobody. No. That Wait a minute. This ain't, no, this is, this, hold on. Hold on. This is that guy that called here before. He's saying the same stuff. Anyway. Okay. Let me, let me say to anyone one. that's out there, you be careful who is standing. That Bible is clear. He who is standing, no matter how high you think you're standing, you can fall if you do not stay on the word of God and the, and the spirit is living in you. We are not robots. We are not robots. We have, a, we have free will. And I'm, I'm very well about the spirit of God because the apostle Paul had it. And he said he was struggling with wrongdoing, although he didn't do it. 
But it shows you know that as long as we live in, in this world, we have to contend <laughs> with wicked with you, spirit brother. forces and heavenly faces. I wanna I wanna say this and I'll, too. I'll leave it like that. We talk about let me let me say this, Craig. Let me say this. We talk about church leadership continues to no learn. Craig. A good a good leader continues to learn because good leaders are always learning and implementing those learning into the betterment of the organization of the people that they're talking to, whether it's in their church or outside of that church, because I want you guys to remember we have individuals listening to this show from several different countries and several different languages, and the one thing we want to do is give them information to help them, not hurt them, not confuse them, because we're talking about leadership. And right now, we are leaders. We are leading individuals in podcasts. We're leading individuals in regards to trying to give them information to give them hope, empowerment, and encouragement. And another thing, so I want to talk about continues to learn. Tammy, I'm going to ask you first. What do you, with leadership, what is your take on that when the leader is going to continue to learn? Say, repeat that, please. Continues, in regards to leadership, a good leader mm-hmm. wants to continue to learn. Because you can't know everything, even as a therapist. No, you can't. There's so many different and psychotherapy. There's, and I tell people, I need to know what I need to know when I need to know it, but I'm always willing to learn, and i got to get continuing educational yeah. classes. Or, or CEU, right. but what about continuing well, to learn? Well, that that's what makes a good leader that he's willing to continue to learn. And it, because when you think you know everything, then that means you would have arrived, and you can't nobody tell you nothing, can't nobody show you nothing, can't nobody do nothing. And if can't nobody do that, I mean, then you saying you know, well, God done already showed me everything. Like I believe what's being said, but um, that's that's wrong. That's no, no, that's a no-no because you have to continue to learn and to know things because there's new things every day. There's new things coming right. out. There's parts of the Bible I'm sure somebody haven't read yet, you know, and they're right. really going to be like, well, you know. And not only that, yeah, if we have people, people and in today's time, we got kids out there, we got elders, we got we got people that are so hurt and so wounded. And they need good leadership. Like I said, when I started off the show, and I said, it starts from the top to the bottom. And I said, I hope our president is hopefully even listening. You know, when we talk about leadership and how important that is, and we got to be mindful. Another thing is, and I'm going to go back to you, Tony, because I want to know about the continue to learn, but also serve others without expecting nothing in return. Mm. A good leader. But that's why we're not perfect. That's why we're not perfect, Jeanette. Because if we're perfect, that means we're done learning. I get it. We're done mm-hmm. no, finding out more things. We're done with any other, because we already know everything, because we're perfect. So that's why yeah. we're not perfect. Tony, what do you think about that? Right. Continue to learn or serve others expecting nothing in return. I want to say that again. I'm sorry. Continues to learn. Tammy spoke on that, but I want to hear your yes, input. Yes, yes. That, that's, that's what we're doing. That, that, that good book, I, I go right back to second thing, we're reproving and for setting things straight. And we're going to always continue. God will always continue to set us straight. We are still in the process. We still keep learning. And if anyone who thinks they're perfect and the Spirit has made them perfect, then I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you, and I'm for for the most part, the majority of the people, even the Apostle Paul, was struggling with their own spirit, of struggling with the world, and he was he had the spirit of God, and I don't know if you can get any more perfect as he was because he was used to write many books in the Bible, and he said he was struggling with the with the with with wicked spirit forces in heavenly places, and we continue to fight to try to do what is right, and I, I wish anyone out there who is listening is that continue mm-hmm. to fight to do what is right. Uh, the Bible said the devil said the, uh, the devil will flee from you but you draw close to God, but that doesn't mean that the devil won't keep coming back after you to touch you, to try to get you mm-hmm. to, to uh, uh, fall, to get you to, to, to temptation. He, he's not going to stop. But, the, but you have the shield, you can fight him off. We're continuing to learn. We're continually improving ourselves. We're bettering ourselves, and we continue to take in the wisdom of God to make ourselves better. And, and you can't mm-hmm. ask for anything more than that. Yeah, and I'm looking at this information. It talks about Christian leaders must invest time and energy and learning so that they can teach. 
because, like we said, the congregation changed, the people change, and you got to realize who you are teaching and who your flock is, who your sheep are too. Now, we're running out of time. We only have like 28 seconds left on the show. Another thing is not be afraid of others to succeed even greater than our own success. A lot of times we, like I said, sometimes in leadership we we so competitive. We got to stop that. We got to stop fighting amongst one another, even in leadership, because like I said, people are watching, people are listening. And they listen to our tone, they listen to what we do, they watch how we live, they watch how we act. And a good leader has to know when to follow and not compete, not compete. So I want to thank you guys for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Mm -hmm. We ran out of time. We'll come up with a topic for next week. But remember, until then, you got this. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Craig, for joining us again at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.